The American theologian Ronald Niebuhr called Jesus the impossible possibility, just beyond our reach, but also close. And so during this very difficult time of pandemic, we've been looking at the early ministry of Jesus as that story comes to us from the Gospel according to St. Luke to see how we might be better neighbors and citizens. This passage I'm going to read comes from Jesus' Sermon on the Plain. It follows immediately on the passage that Katie looked with us last week. Uh, the blessings and woes from Luke, Luke chapter 6. But I say to you, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, turn the other cheek also. And if someone takes your coat, offer him your shirt as well. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love your enemies, do good. Your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High who is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. Be merciful even as God is merciful. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The first brick for this pub in St. Albans, England, was laid in the year 793, centuries before England became England. It is 1,229 years old. It has survived the invasion of William the Conqueror, multiple famines, the Black Death, which may have taken about half of Europe's population, multiple civil wars, and two world wars, but it did not survive the coronavirus. It shut down recently for lack of business, maybe for good. And this story has sort of become emblematic for me about how stressful the coronavirus has been on almost every aspect of our common life together. And so if you are disappointed in yourself or undercoping during this time, just stop being so hard on yourself. Give yourself a break. This is very hard. There's no shame in undercoping. There's only shame in lashing out as a result of the undercoping. And some of us are, right? Some of us are behaving very badly. The capital of the United States is ransacked. School board meetings devolve into shouting matches and character assassination. Relatives of unvaccinated COVID patients in the ICUs of America scream at doctors and nurses and tell them that they, the doctors and nurses, will be at fault if their relative dies. Pedestrian deaths have skyrocketed the last two years because people are driving faster and more rec recklessly. But, of course, this pandemic did not invent bad behavior. Bad behavior goes way, way back, in fact, to the Garden of Eden. Oracle founder Larry Ellison describes his leadership style as MBR, management by ridicule. He says you have to be good at intellectual intimidation and rhetorical bullying. So during the season of Epiphany here at Kenilworth Union Church, we have been looking at the early ministry of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, 
to see what we can learn about being better neighbors and citizens. So what do you think about that passage I just read from the Gospel of Luke? Jesus' Sermon on the Plain. Are you intimidated? I am. Think about this passage I just read is that it contains Jesus' easiest saying and also Jesus' hardest sayings. The easiest saying that's in this passage is verse 31 where Jesus says, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the golden rule. That is kindergarten religion. Nobody disagrees with that statement, and most of us try to honor it, except for a few American politicians, Russian dictators, and figure skating coaches. Almost every religion I can think of has some version of the golden rule. Last week, I found 13 different versions from 13 different religions. The famed Rabbi Hillel the Elder, roughly a contemporary with Jesus, says that the golden rule is the entirety of the Torah, the totality of Jewish religion. Everything else is just commentary. And so sometimes I wish Jesus would just have quit there. But no, he has to go on and give us all this other hard stuff. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, Pray for those who abuse you. Turn the other cheek, he says. If someone takes your coat, offer him your shirt as well. You remember that scene from Les Miserables when Jean Valjean gets arrested for stealing the bishop's silverware? So the gendarmes cart him off in chains, but the bishop chases them down and says, Monsieur Valjean, you forgot the silver candlesticks. Monsieur, please take the candlesticks. It was Jesus and Luke that inspired Victor Hugo. The silver candlesticks launched this sweeping, twisting plot from one of the greatest novels in Western literature. The silver candlesticks. Do that, says Jesus. And then after this long litany of what I consider to be unreasonable expectations, Jesus gives us the coup de grace, the apex of impossibility. He says, be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. Really, Jesus, be like God? And then Matthew has his own version of this Jesus saying, and he makes it even harder still. Matthew says, be ye perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Perfect. But you see why Jesus feels compelled to offer us something higher and harder than the golden rule, right? See, the shapely symmetry of the golden rule is in its reciprocity. That is to say, in human community, you and I have an unspoken contract with each other. If you will treat me like I want to be treated, I will treat you like you want to be treated. But Jesus knows that this shapely symmetry, this reciprocity, will fracture frequently in our daily encounters with each other. Jesus knows that many, many people many, many times, including me, many, many times will fail to honor the unspoken contract. Some bosses practice MBR, management by ridicule. So Jesus teaches us what to do when bad actors unleash their chaos. He says, don't respond to bad actors as other human beings would respond. Show bad actors the same mercy that God has shown you every day of your life. You know this unflinching, relentless mercy intimately, existentially, personally. 
every day of your life has been washed in this mercy. The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth from heaven upon the place beneath. Mercy is above this sceptered sway. It is enthroned in the hearts of kings. It is an attribute of God, God's self. Be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. The thing about this stricture of Jesus is that it is both impossible and essential. We can't do it, but we must, or our lives will disintegrate into this mobocracy of the last two years. It is, be merciful like your Father is merciful, it is the impossible possibility. And so we try to live into Jesus' impossibly lofty expectation for us. He's given us this deliberately impossible expectation in order that we might catapult beyond our own mediocrity and live a life more beautiful than we could have dreamed on our own. We never get there, but we keep reaching for it to dream the impossible dream, to reach the unreachable star. Prominent evangelical pastor John Pavlovitz knows that being merciful as God is merciful is an unrealistic ideal, so he has more uh, modest expectations. He's written a book called If God is Love, Don't Be a Jerk. Blunt, but maybe helpful. In that book, John says that he wants to start a new church plant someday, and he wants to call that church the church of not being horrible that's the only expectation this church has no doctrines no catechism just a simple mission statement don't be horrible some of you know my friends phil and linda mccorder some of you went to israel with them a few years ago some of you went to scotland with them as you can tell from the name mccorder Phil is a Scots-American. Phil and Linda are, were born and raised in the small town of Argyle, New York, population 3,688, about halfway between Saratoga Springs and Lake George at the foothills of the Adirondacks. Argyle is about as old as the United States, 1786, and as you can tell by the name, the town was settled in the 18th century by Scottish pioneers, immigrants. So Argyle is covered up with Scots Presbyterians. All the mailboxes and barns have names like MacDonald and McDougal and Mackenzie. Covered up with Scottish Presbyterians who work hard, pay their bills, incur no debts, and expect everybody else to do the same. My friend Linda's father, Les, farmed an apple orchard and also owned a gas station in Argyle. Bernie, 20 years younger than Les, had been Les's assistant at the gas station for 20 years. So Bernie has seven children and a wife of legendary surliness. One day, Les discovers a shortfall in the day's receipts. As you might guess, selling gasoline is a very exact science. You know exactly every day how many gallons of gasoline you sell and therefore how much cash ought to be in the till. 
And so Les finds this shortfall. There are only two employees at this gas station. Les knows where the money went. And so the next morning, Les calls Bernie into his office and sits him down and says, Bernie, there's some cash missing. I know who has it. We're going to have to make some changes around here. It looks to me as if I'm not paying you enough. You deserve a raise. Bernie broke the golden rule. He did not do for less what Bernie hoped less would do for him. The golden rule is not working for Bernie and Les. Les has to find a different way. And so Les shows to Bernie the same mercy God has shown to Les every day of his life. Sometimes we can achieve the impossible possibility. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen.